Hello, I'm Kathy. And I'm Gary. And this is Torah Talk. Welcome to Torah Talk, the intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here, we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? Perhaps no other story so perfectly epitomizes the fight for freedom of worship than the story of Hanukkah. Though celebrated by the Jewish people for centuries, this story cannot be found in our Bibles. In fact, it occurred in the years between the Testaments, but its significance to both Jews and to Christians cannot be underestimated. The heroic efforts of the Jewish family, known to us as the Maccabees, literally saved the temple in Jerusalem and the right of the Jewish people to worship their God. If not for the willingness of these warriors to stand against an evil tyrant, the circumstances that would would not have existed for a baby to be born in a stable to a devout Jewish family, circumcised on the eighth day as required by Torah law and raised in a Torah-observant manner that qualified him to be the perfect sinless sacrifice for very sinful people. The enemies of God, both spiritual and physical, know that God must be canceled and that the best way to accomplish this is to cancel his word and to cancel a people group dedicated to represent him on this earth. The story of Hanukkah was not the first time that the enemies of God tried to cancel him, and it's certainly not the last. We are living in a time when cancel culture has been intensifying exponentially. Make no mistake about it. Cancel culture is not about canceling misogyny, racism, colonialism, homophobia, or even hate. It's about canceling God. After this message, let's talk about Hanukkah and the cancel culture. Long ago, God declared his redemptive plans for the world he created. Unfortunately, most people have ignored these plans. Now. As the end draws near, believers and non-believers are being irresistibly drawn to the celebration of the biblical feasts which outline God's plan of redemption for mankind in the world. If you found yourself curious about the biblical feasts and you want to know how and why Christians celebrate these holidays, read Declaring the End from the Beginning, Our Past and Future Revealed in the Biblical Feasts. In this book, author Kathy Martirosian delves into the history and culture surrounding the biblical feast days of ancient Israel, as well as how Yeshua, our Messiah, has fulfilled four of these holy days in the past and how he will fulfill the other three when he returns. Visit TorahTalk21.com to purchase Declaring the End from the Beginning, our past and future revealed in the biblical feasts. Well, hey, Gary, how are you doing? Hey, Kathy, good to see you again. <laughs> good to see you. We're getting to another holiday season for yes, us. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and while we're going to talk about uh, Hanukkah, which is not a biblical holiday, okay, and you, so you won't find it commanded in the Bible, we do see it celebrated in the Bible. Well, absolutely. Yeshua himself celebrated it. Exactly, yes. exactly. In the book of John, right? Yes. Yes, in the book of John, Feast of Dedication, Feast right? Of dedication, That's what they I called it. It's chapter 10, if I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 
exactly. So this year, uh, the dates for Hanukkah in 2021, uh, Hanukkah starts on November 28th at sundown, as all the holidays, and it goes through December 6th. Um, so we have this eight-day holiday, and it's um, it's probably more well-known than most of the biblical holidays that we've talked about before, the ones that are actually commanded in the Bible. More people hear about it. I think probably because of what we said in another punk podcast is kind of the Jewish Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's proximity <laughs> to Christmas probably gives it a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, Notoriety. Notoriety, yeah, yes, we, we, exactly. We, we, exactly. So more people have heard about it. They're kind of familiar with the story. Now, much of what we know about Hanukkah is recorded in the writings of Josephus, who is a first century Roman a Jewish historian. And we've talked about Gary, you quote Josephus uh, quite often. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he's a, he's a great uh, resource for yeah, us to excellent. see some of the things that are missing, uh, connecting the dots. So exactly. So, so Josephus writes pretty extensively about Hanukkah. And we also find um, accounts of Hanukkah in what's called the Apocrypha, which are, those are the books that didn't quite make it into mm -hmm. uh, the canon of our Bible, right. okay? But that doesn't mean that they're not accurate and they're not good for historical reference. So those books would be 1st Maccabees and 2nd Maccabees. Yeah, and this gives us, you know, two witnesses at least with Josephus's writings and these, these other books. Um, so, and then, then when we look and see that, that, that it was uh, celebrated, uh, we read that in the New Testament. So I think it's, uh, it, it's pretty good evidence that the, these events are, are accurate and worthwhile. Um, so I think what we'll do, Kathy, we're going to do something a little different today, right? Yeah, we, we want, are. We want to go through the story of Hanukkah based on Josephus' writing and point out themes that we see that have played out through, throughout history of the Jewish people and those that are playing out today in our cancel culture, particularly in the United States. But the same themes are also um, playing out on followers of the God of Israel all over the world. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know... The fact is, the United States is the only nation in the history of the world that was founded on Judeo-Christian foundations, and we've talked about this many times. And, you know, these foundations include what we all know, the, the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. They include freedom of speech, freedom to worship in the manner that you see fit, so therefore you don't have to worship the God of Israel, mm -hmm. okay? So freedom right. to worship in any way, that's or not true. at all, if that's how you see fit. Mm -hmm. Freedom to defend yourself, limited government. You know, these are all concepts uh, set forth in our founding documents that are really connected closely with our Judeo-Christian foundations and the Bible. Um, our founders turned to, turned to God's Word, both the Older and the Newer Testaments, when establishing our nation. We've had, we've been a nation that, you know, up until very recently, we've let's say, identified <laughs> as a Judeo-Christian nation true. that worshiped the God of Israel. Not to mention, we've been a nation that's been a great supporter of Israel. That's absolutely true. And you you alluded to something that uh, was, you know, the ingenious uh, of, of our founding fathers. So many people, when they hear us talk about Judeo-Christian nation or hear that term, 
they get nervous. They get all worked up and think, you know, we're trying to force our our religion in their minds on their on their way of life. But you just said something very important that goes overlooked when it comes to our protections. We're just trying to protect the right to worship. We're not trying to force that on anybody. And the opposite, though, is not true when it comes to many on the left. They want to force, and of course, this is what we're going to talk about today, exactly. force their way of life on us, whereas we're just trying to protect our freedom to worship, and they can go about their lives as they anyway, want. They want yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, almost anyway. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, within reason. <laughs> to with, that. With, and that word "reason" is it's very questionable these days. <laughs> but you know, we we believe that there are themes that run through throughout the story of Hanukkah and and Jewish history. And though the, now those same themes are playing out in the nation today. I mean, literally, as the headlines in our papers, you know, we can see it every day. We're seeing attempts to cancel the authority of God's word, attempts to cancel and influence of his worshipers, both Jew and Gentile. And we recognize that these are attempts to cancel God himself. So today we want to talk about these themes. That's right. So let's let's talk about these themes using the works of Josephus and his very words is mm-hmm. what I'd like to do. So what we've got is um, accounts state taken straight from his words. And so we can look at some of these themes and see, like you said, how they play out like headlines from today's yeah, papers. It's amazing, you know, when someone writes something, and Josephus wrote the, these historic accounts, he wrote of them, but he was writing 2,000 years ago, and to think how nothing new under the sun. The, the, you know, we've talked about Nimrod before, 4,000 years ago, we're talking about Josephus talking about It's the about same things. thing. It's the same thing over and over, over and, and over. Over and over. Yeah. Now, this particular story, the story of Hanukkah, uh, occurred in about 167 BCE, before the Common Era. We used to say BC, but that's a whole mm-hmm. <laughs> before Christ. Yeah. Was that another attempt to cancel maybe. God? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about that time frame. And in brief, brief history, uh, the story goes back to Alexander the Great. He's a Greek. He conquered the lands of the kings of Media, Persia. Now, Alexander, he kept enlarging his, his, his empire, conquering nation after nation, and he ruled for about 12 years. And on his deathbed, he called together his generals, and uh, he divided the kingdom among them. Now, these generals and their descendants each ruled a part of this great empire. Now, the descendants of one of these generals was named, and, and I say named, this is more of a title, okay, mm-hmm. okay, Antiochus Epiphanes, the king of Syria. Now, what's so interesting is this title literally means God manifested. Yeah, the hubris, huh? Wow, <laughs> but but you know, I, I was thinking about this when we were, we were planning to to speak about it today, and you know, we look at we see Pharaoh; they he was considered a king or a god. You know, Caesar after Alexander, we had the they had the Caesars, and they can kind of considered and to, to different degree. I mean, some considered them divinely appointed representatives of the gods. Um, but I think again, depending on the individual, how far they took that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then and and I see, and we're going to talk about this too. This um, this spirit of thinking that that uh, person or I'm God. Yeah. You know that that goes all the way back to the garden. Yeah. Go, okay. Yeah, the, uh, himself, eating right? of the tree of the knowledge of yeah. good and evil was really that effort to to uh, declare that I can determine what's good and mm-hmm. what's evil. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm God. Yeah, Mis- so it goes misery, way back. Misery loves company, you know. Satan- satanic yes. in- influence, you know. Oh, that- 
<laughs> exactly. So it goes back. So he wasn't the first doing this kind of thing mm-hmm. at all, and he's certainly not the last. But, you know, this the goal of the king, King Antiochus, was not just a military, let's conquer these, you know, and get uh, them to pay tribute to us or whatever and put them in our, our, our military and stuff. His goal was also to conquer cultures. Right. Okay. And he desired to impose the Greek culture upon the nations that he conquered. So he recognized, and this is very true, that in order to get unity in a kingdom, it required that everyone kind of give up their kind of individual traditions and adopt a single way of life, this Mm -hmm. Greek way of life. Right. Okay. Um, and, and, and to, to agree that's, that is true. I mean, I think that's part of why when people come into the U S we say, we'd like for you to adopt our language. Okay. Uh, so we don't have a whole lot of competing languages in the country. Um, but, but if you can impose, uh, culture, yeah, there's That's a powerful. there's a good form of unity, and then there's taking it too far. Yeah. And in this case, there's always the target of of consolidating power within the individual or within the government. And so, if you have anybody running around too individualistic or too you know too independent, that's a threat to that centralized power. And exactly. I think that's where this comes from. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Right. That that independent spirit is yeah. not okay. Right. Okay. It's not okay. Now. You know, I was talking about it's really not enough, and it wasn't enough for this king. This king, um, and and as we talk about it as a theme here, um, to get people to behave in a certain way, but they wanted people. He wanted people to think and believe in a certain way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's called, you know, thought control. That's where you get this idea of thought crimes. Yeah. Okay. So that you have to think in a uniform or con- in conform in the way that you think about things. That's that whole 1984 George L. Orwell's mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. It's not enough that you just do what we say. You have to think and believe what we say. Yeah. Again, this is this is the uh, the status quo or the uh, the uh, the mo i should say of of tyrants throughout time you, you again i think there's it's a whether it's an insecurity or if it's just that need for total control and we know absolute power corrupts absolutely but that god often is in the way when it comes to controlling people, because uh, they're, you know, one's allegiance may be stronger to their to their faith to their God than than they would be to this tyrant. Hopefully, and so yeah, <laughs> we would hope. And so this is why, again, he has to be pushed out of their thinking and exactly. out of their culture. Exactly. You know, and we see that we talked about. Okay, we're how are we going to pull these themes into today? And let's think about this idea of thought crimes. You know, um, we see it like okay. Uh, Boys can be girls and girls can be boys. Mm. They're trying to convince all of us to believe that. Okay, that's a belief. Uh, that's a belief thing that they're. I, I, you know, we're going to impose on you that you have to agree with us that boys can be girls, girls can be boys, that marriage can be between two men or two two women. Those are beliefs, strongly held 
beliefs if you're against those things and mostly based on judeo-christian foundation and based on fact and based on fact <laughs> so it's very yes. difficult to get people to to discard these known facts it has to take a lot of propaganda a lot of work because i mean this just doesn't come easy it doesn't come easy but the thing is you know you keep telling the lie exactly and and then eventually people if you don't hear anything else and we talk about cancel mm-hmm. cancel culture if you cancel out all of the alternatives, you cancel out the truth and you keep pounding the lie. You know, I think about that even now with the whole COVID policy, as they're trying to convince everybody that natural immunity doesn't count. Right. Like, well, but it's always counted. When, when did that change? When right? did that change? It's, that is a change, a trying to change our belief mm-hmm. system. Yes. Okay. Now, they haven't done that. They're not trying to do that based on science. There's no Absolutely science not. to say that. It's just if they keep saying it over and over and over and over again, and they take off alternative mm-hmm. uh, viewpoints and alternative ways of thinking, they cancel those, then the, the then people start to think that exactly and see and it comes it comes in in small ways sometimes and just over time it's like that drip 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 you know constantly knocking away at stone eventually uh wears away i just heard today the day of this recording that uh, a a major uh french dictionary that that changed the word for male and female in their lexicon to a non-binary oh, form. They, they, it's a, it's a um, you know, gender-neutral term in, in the French lexicon now. Wow. Again, so you, this generation may have some resistance, but over time, you yes. know, kids grow up with, they go in the dictionary and there's there the word that they will know so, for the rest of their lives. And as far as they know, that's the way it's, it's always been. normal to them. We're, yes. we're seeing things like that, even with the COVID thing, changing the definition of of, uh, of a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay? They literally changed the definition because everybody's saying, well, this is not really a vaccine that's if right. we're not getting immunity. People can still get the disease. Yeah. Well, a vaccine, by definition, you can't do that and you can't pass it on. So they changed the definition. Yes, and And if you didn't know any better you're born today okay you don't know you yeah. you don't know and it, so that is that con- that's a very powerful way of controlling people. it is powerful and you think about it, you and i can see very clearly what they basically just described this current vax as a as a therapeutic that's yes. the that's the definition of it now and so here they've been they've been uh, fighting all along against therapeutics that we know to know to work and then they change the definition of their so-called vaccine to match that of the, the therapeutics that we've yes, been trying to push for all exactly, the time. Exactly, exactly. So it's a way of controlling, like I said, not just behavior. We want you to get the vaccine, but the way you think about it has mm-hmm. to be controlled too. That's right. So, so that, once again, that's what Antiochus was doing back then, and that's, according to Josephus, and that's what's happening today. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it's an effective means of gaining control over populations. And so the king was, Antiochus was able to conquer many nations, and they they, they fell in line one after the other into, with this Greek culture. Even in Judea, okay, there were many, many Jews at the time who wanted and were willing to adopt this, this Greek culture. You know, and it breaks my heart when I read that, even yeah. to even though this happened, you know, what, 2,500 years ago, or, or well, around that, yeah. And it, it still breaks my heart when I read that they were willing to so easily give up 
their their belief and their faith and their 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 way of life just to fit in just to fit in you know josephus gives us an example and he says the jews wanted to leave the law of their country and the jewish way of life to follow the king's laws and the grecian way of life they asked his permission to build a gymnasium in Jerusalem. Now, in those days, a gymnasium was a place where people exercised naked. Okay, mm-hmm. that was part of the culture. So the king agreed, of course. Okay, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. do that. And then these same people actually engaged in surgical procedures to hide their circumcision. Isn't that amazing? It's what? <laughs> you know? I know. I try not to dwell on that one too much. Well, I know. Exactly. But you're like, but that's a really intense it desire is. to fit in. Yeah. Assimilation through a major compromise. Major, major on your body compromise. But hey, that sounds familiar too. Yeah. Assimilating through a compromise that involves your body. Exactly. Sounds a lot of what Doesn't we're going familiar? through today. Yeah. Yes. With the vaccine yeah. mandate. You so, know, you know, Josephus says, accordingly... These Jewish people left off all the customs that belonged to their country and imitated the practices of the other nations. And this is what you were saying is so disturbing. It is disturbing. And and it's, and, you know, years ago, and I don't know if I coined this phrase or if I heard it or, or what, but it, <laughs> I called it a sliding scale of morality. Yes. And and it was, it's, it's that slow steps of just making something normal. And before long, you've you've slid so far away from center, so far away from that true north that, that is the Torah, mm-hmm. that uh, you don't even realize that you're you've, you're sinning or that you you've left your first love behind. Exactly. You know. Um, you know. We talked. We use the word assimilation, and a very effective way of conquering nations, okay, was to get them to assimilate. And mm-hmm. and in fact, the Bible gives us this whole story about how the northern tribes of Israel were, were, were conquered, and then they were brought into the uh, into the nations, okay, of the pagans, of the Gentiles, mm-hmm. and they forgot who they were. Yes. They completely assimilated to the point that I think it's in Hosea where it talks about where they you couldn't even tell the difference anymore, okay? They were so completely mixed in, right. thoroughly mixed in, mm-hmm. okay, because they adopted all of the practices of their conquerors, and then within a generation or two, totally forgot who they were. Forgot who they were. And, and we all know that they, the intent of God was that Israel be a light to the nations, not fade into the nations. Right. And and a light as a set apart and different holy yes, nation. Exactly. And so what better way to to destroy God's people to get at God than to assimilate them and make them just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, that right there is that cancel culture, canceling God attempt. And it it doesn't require a sword. I was just thinking that as you were saying that this saved them the trouble of having to conquer a people. They they basically conquered themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And. And they talk about a theme. That's what I see happening today, too. It's we're we're not our, our our. our Judeo-Christian foundations are not being uh, attacked with a sword mm, right now, okay? Right. But it's with ideas and beliefs and through assimilation and so forth, yeah. um, uh, coercion and stuff like that. It doesn't require bloodshed for that to no. happen. You know, the, the, uh, we've given you a republic if you can keep it. 
we're not right now. We're at very we're we're risking. We're h- hanging on by a thread. Yeah, we right. may not keep it if we're not careful. Very mm-hmm. soon, if we keep allowing our freedoms to to to, to be uh, to disintegrate right before our eyes in the guise of safety and, and, pr- exactly. and protection, we're just we're trying to keep you safe. How many times have we heard that? Keep you know, stay safe. Keep. We're going to keep you safe right to the point where you lose your freedom exactly. as a nation. Right. Yeah, you'll be pretty safe in the, in your yeah. house arrest there. Yeah. You'll be, yeah. you know, that's pretty safe. You know, there's an interesting part of the story that Josephus talks about. Um, and it says, when the king and his army first came to Jerusalem, he took the city without fighting. Okay, that's kind of mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Those of his own party opening the gate to him. And when he got, he had gotten possession of Jerusalem, he killed many of the opposite part, party and plundered the city. And I find that interesting. Okay, so he took it without fighting. So that's kind of like what we were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And those of his own party opened the gates. There's Open everybody the gate. already in. in place inside the city. Right. They're already in place, okay? So they didn't have to come from the outside. They were there, and they opened the gates. And this really reminds me of what some of us have been, I I think, knocked in the head with lately. We didn't quite realize this idea, you know, it may sound like conspiracy theory, this deep state, these people entrenched within government in, in important positions that kind of just opened the gates, to all of this craziness coming in, they were already in place. They've been in place for years within the city, so to speak, okay? And, And all they have to do is like, Oh, here, come on in, critical race theory. Come on in, you know, this gender mix-up, you know. And I'll, and I'll bet you there were people back then, if this term was some a similar term of conspiracy theory, so they were being yeah. accused, oh, you know, don't worry, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, there's there's a reason why they, they use that, because it seemed, you know, our, our, the, enemy, the left uses conspiracy theory to just completely discredit anybody and then and, and, and make them look like they're a nutcase that's right when in fact they know full well they're we, we know we're on to them exactly but you just discredit your critics exactly and, and they know that that accusation is in incorrect they right. know what they're doing yes, okay they when do. they're doing that that's just to quiet everybody. oh they're doing it very intentionally yes, yes. use conspiracy theory you know kathy you mentioned them coming in walking right in and and you know of course there was many useful idiots that allowed that to happen and then they turn on those anybody you know, Hitler was was famous for this. Anybody who was a dissenting voice, anybody who tried to write uh, a warning Germany about him, anybody who was on the political, uh, you know, the opposite side politically, they ended up either disappearing, you know, they being jailed, killed, or silenced somehow. And it, it, it was interesting. Recently, I was given a, a, a book to read. It's called On Tyranny. Now, this author, to me, from from what I've seen, Seems to be coming from the left, but he's hit up right on on the, on these principles. And I'd love to to see how how what he thinks about what's going on today, because these principles are playing out. And this was only written about four years ago, but this administration that we're currently looking at is pulling is is doing the very things that he threatened. He thought that the pre- previous administration was, was going to do. And he said this, and it's very appropriate for our conversation right now. The parties that remade states and suppressed rivals were not omnipotent from the start. 
They exploited a historic moment to make political life impossible for their opponents. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Exactly. You recognize that, <laughs> right? Emmanuel. That is a strategy that the left is using. This, that I believe this COVID emergency has been used uh, extremely well by them to pull off their agenda. And we have to stand. Somebody has to stop it and stand up against it. Exactly. And first, you've got to recognize what's happening. And I think that's part of this wake up call that we're trying, that we're part of. Okay. Yeah. That blow the trumpet. Warning, warning, warning. Warning. Yeah. Warning. And, what was that? Warning. Will Robinson, Danger Will Robinson, Will Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lost in space, but but we're we're the enemies of the state right now by talking the way we're doing. But Kathy, I feel very very strongly that we have to speak out. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why we're doing this. You know, Josephus goes on and he says, um, after initially coming into the city, okay, and plundering the city, the army left. For about two years. And then they came back. And this time the king came up to Jerusalem. He pretended peace. And by doing so, got possession of the city by treachery. And I thought, oh, mm. wow. Once again, this didn't require a sword. Okay. Right. And what was funny is I think he, the last time, okay, he came in, he plundered the city and still he was able to come back and, and pretend peace. Okay. This is after he'd already plundered the city two years they ago. Had plenty of useful okay, idiots. They Apparently got plenty, they love them. Or they a very short memory. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> okay. And, and I think maybe it's because people just want to maybe want to believe the best of someone. You don't want to believe that someone can be that bad and that evil. And I do understand that way of thinking to some yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah, we do. We have, but we can't, we can't, we can't count on that. Of, of our own detriment. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, so I see this idea of pretending peace. Okay, using treachery. Okay, and I'm like that same deception, the lies. You mentioned it earlier. You know, the CDC is saying, okay, this is for your safety. Mm. This is for your health. That's not. There could have been a point early on when maybe that was true, but that's not the case anymore. I don't believe that was necessarily true, and maybe maybe for a few people it was, but I think that 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 ruse, you know, that uh, that I'll just call it a lie, is this is for your own good, this is for your own safety, and at first. Because people are fearful, yes, they 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 want to do that. You know, fifteen days to stop the spread. Yeah. Everybody did that. Yeah. Okay, you know, yeah. they're like, okay, we don't know what this is. It's freaking us out. We're going to do that. You know, but then as it drags out to two years later, right? Hopefully, it's, it's the first two years of that fifteen days. Yeah, exactly, that are the hardest, right? exactly. No, it's you're absolutely right. Many people, and and rightly so, because there was such unknowns. Okay, we don't know how deadly this thing is. We don't know how quickly it's going to spread. So take some precautions. I get that. Mm -hmm. But now in retrospect, and, and listen, honestly, and you know me, and I'm, I'm telling you because you've seen my post, I've been talking about this for almost that full two years. The, the death rate on this, this disease was so low mm -hmm. that I began questioning immediately, why are we responding the way we the way are? The way we are. And, and now, obviously, we can look back and see how it's been used to control people. But it's still, it's still uh, you know, again, about 1%, right. uh, uh, you know, uh, and 99% and 90, survival rate. Why would we respond the way we did other than to use it? For exactly. And now they're reasons. saying, let's give it to all the children. And their, their survival rates are so much better, even better than even ours. So that's that treachery. Okay. And we're... 
we're here from the government and we're here to help. Ronald Reagan said, you know, the scariest words you could ever hear. Um, Those are lies. Those are deceptions, okay? Treachery, exactly what was going on in this story, okay, Mm -hmm. with with King Antiochus. And, 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 you know, Josephus goes on and says, at which time the king spared not so much as those that had admitted him into the city. So not only do they go against their political party opponents, eventually... They turn on their own. Yeah, and we can only hope. We can only hope today that this administration, with a thirty-six percent approval rating, um, that maybe the, the, uh, you know starts to happen. They turn on their own. That could could weaken the party because a one-party uh, control is is not definitely good. not something not good. that no, we no, want no. in this that, country. They, 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 no, we we have to have. At least two. Okay. I know Israel has many, 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 and I don't know if that's so great either, Mm. you know, but, um, so Josephus goes on and he goes on account of the riches that lay in the temple led by his covetous inclinations, for he saw there was in it a great deal of gold and many ornaments that had been dedicated to it a very great wealth. In order to plunder its wealth, he broke the league he had made with those of his own party. I'm like, Greed. Yeah. Okay, there's a theme for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to think about, again, this current administration. I think back of $1.8 billion disappearing in Ukraine that, that, that to this day nobody knows, nobody where, knows it, or what, cares. It's, what it's being used for. Um, the idea that uh, the United States government could be sharing a patent on these vaccines. Yes. Another very uh, disturbing You know, it's always truth. follow the money. Yeah. Always. There are people making, well, they were talking about, how much money these these vaccine companies were making. That meant mm-hmm. that there's individual people that are making millions, billions of dollars, okay, mm-hmm. off of this uh, response that yeah. we have to the pandemic. And for them, it 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 works out better to keep people in fear, to keep people uh, in fear enough that they keep going to get this booster, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, they're talking about a fourth ends. already. It's never going to end. And somebody's just going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching yes. the whole way through. I, I hope people start to wake up to the fact that, wait a minute, we thought we could be fully vaccinated and now that will never be the case. Right. You will always have to get one more, one more, one exactly. more. And, you know, if, if, I, if I were to create a scenario where the U.S. government um, owned full ownership in Hebrew national hot dogs and says everyone has to eat one a day. People would laugh at your face, right. you know, and say, get out of here. But this is what the government is doing, owning the patent on this vaccine. And I want to know where the money is yes, going. Yes, yes. If, if there's money to be had there, where is it going? Who's making it? Those are questions that we should be mm-hmm. allowed to ask. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, a little cough. Um, so greed, follow the money. Big thing. Mm-hmm. And I, and and again, we don't want that to uh, uh, just fall on deaf ears. Uh, I think everyone should be uh, questioning their congressman and and or writing their congressman and saying, "We want to know yes. where the money is going." Yes, for exactly, this vaccine. exactly. So Josephus goes on, and he said. Uh, The king left the temple bare, took away the golden candlesticks, the golden altar of incense, the table of showbread, the altar of burnt offering. He did not abstain even from the veils, which were made of fine linen and scarlet. He emptied it of its secret treasures and left nothing at all remaining. I'm like, I underlined that in my notes, nothing at all remaining. 
I mean, what is it about tyrants in burning down buildings? It just yeah, they're burning. Okay, that goes to the next line of Josephus. <laughs> he also burned down the finest buildings. Yeah. Okay, so they're taking they're taking pages right out of the book of, of King Antiochus. Yeah. Okay, so they burn the finest buildings. They tear things down. They leave nothing except for chaos in their wake, fear and chaos in their wake, you know. And I, I, th- I think about that and I see this all out attack on every institution, nothing, for, mm-hmm. you know, family, it, you know, the, the, our medical system, which all of us knew and trusted up until you right. know, recently, um, our, you know, the school systems, nothing. They don't. They don't leave anything. Yeah, and I think I think that's a great question to ask the audience. Is that do you love this country? Do you love what you grew up knowing and seeing and experiencing? And then think about what "build back better" is code for. It's like, no, that's all got to go away. We're going to do something different. Different, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's. You know, it reminds me of that that scene in The Grinch, um, where he even takes that last little morsel that I think little Cindy Lou Who yes. wants to get, yes. and he reaches back down and takes the last morsel. Mm-hmm. He takes everything, mm-hmm. and then so there's nothing that's out of the reach of this spirit, okay? Um, that that's trying to destroy this nation. The same one that one that ones that's trying to cancel God. That spirit that's existed throughout time. So you know, it, if we go on to Joseph. Josephus, he says, he compelled them to forsake the worship which they paid their own God and to adore those whom he took, he took to be gods. That's right. Okay. Do we have anybody that the government is setting up as a God that we're to adore? <laughs> yeah. I think we do. You mean St. Anthony? Yes, exactly. St. <laughs> Anthony. Exactly. Well, you know, okay. That this is the guy that everybody's got to believe and bow down to and, 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 and keeps coming back up and keeps coming back into our faces. You know, um, you know, I, I, it, it seems so obvious to me here, and, and, and I'm hoping it's going to be to our audience, that once again, what Josephus's words are living out in our news. They are, because I think it's, it has something to do with this misguided need for leadership, misguided mm-hmm. um, need for, for lordship or guidance. Um, people other are than so, God. Other than God. Yeah, That's yes. my point. Yeah, misguided. Yeah. Yes, misdirected. Mis- yes. Misdirected. And, you know, when we look, think about 1 Samuel 8, 5, remember they asked for, uh, Samuel for a king? Yes. Why did they say it? They, they, they said they wanted to be like the, the other nations. They said, give us, make us a king to judge us like all the nations. And I got thinking, you know, what did we, what did um, the evil prophet Balaam have to, God forced him to say, this is a nation not reckoned among the nations. They were never, Israel was never intended to be among the nations or to to assimilate. They were supposed to be a light to the nations. And it's the same for for us who follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. We are to stay set apart yes. and not seek our, 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 or put our allegiance in these false gods. That's right. Whether it be Anthony Fauci or our president or anybody else. Exactly. We can, we can be dedicated. We can be loyal patriots to this nation. 
without compromising and giving up uh, or selling our soul. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same call, though. I find, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about that call for a king because we, we are desperate for that. Somebody to fix our problems. I feel like um, you know, some on the other side did that in the past administration. They were looking for the to the president to fix all of the problems Absolutely. and to get everything straight and take care of them. And it's like that's I know that's natural. Okay, you go back there, you know, mm-hmm. to to the Bible and you see that happening, but that's not good. It's not healthy. We saw the Messiah syndrome with Obama. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Trump. Yes, and we see we're seeing now maybe with Anthony Fauci or something yes. else. I, I'm I don't, not so sure it's not Biden. sure Biden. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really so can't. Sure I really that. don't see it with Biden. But we did have it, and it goes. So it goes to both, both right and left. Yes. We cannot. It's a human tendency. It is. Now yeah. we can agree with policy and vote for yes. policy, but don't take that person, male or female, right. and 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 I'm very deliberately saying male, male or, or female. Female, exactly. Uh, don't put them in that place where God belongs. That's right. Now, the story goes on, and Josephus says that the king appointed overseers who should compel them to do what he commanded. So sometimes it's not those in leadership who are being who are compelling us. They appoint others to do the dirty work. Yeah. Well, guess what just happened with that vaccine mandate is they made those companies do the dirty do work. Do the dirty work, yes. Okay? And so all of these people getting letters from their bosses right. saying you've got to be vaccinated, you know, that should have been signed by the leadership in the federal government. I mean, we know kind of it goes back there, but it's it's placing all of these other people into positions that to compel them to do to it. To do their dirty and, work. And threat to them, too, if they don't do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. Yeah, with fines. <laughs> exactly. But they created in the workplace what we had talked about in, one, in a previous podcast podcast, the others, yes. the, those who are not vaccinated. You know, yes. I have I have um, good friends who went to a concert. I, I won't mention the, the artist, um, but they had tickets, you know, years ago and, and they kept getting canceled because of COVID. Well, they they were not vaccinated and they finally got to this concert. Do you know that they made them wear yellow bands around their arms wow. to note to note that they were not vaccinated? Wow. wow. Yellow bands. Yellow I mean, bands. What a yeah, coincidence. Boy, that huh? sounds that sounds that sounds familiar. Yeah. But you know, so what they're doing is they're making okay, it could be event venues. I know it is event venues that mm-hmm. are often doing this yes. work, okay? Of enforcing these things. And this comes across, you know, in private companies, you know, we've been talking about the vaccine, but let's talk about critical race theory okay now it's the companies that are requiring people to do to engage to to take part in these critical race theory teachings you know about white male privilege i know that my husband just kind of went through something like that Mm -hmm. and nobody in there is comfortable with doing it i'm not even positive that most of the people teaching it are but they're doing it because there's pressure from on top for them to do that particularly to maintain government contracts and mm-hmm. so forth. And so they're doing that. But in that way, you have this um, um, uh, relationship between government and private entities, private companies, uh, to force down the throats of the all of the people, the things that the government wants done. Gary, that that kind of relationship is 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 fascism. It is. I mean, when they when they when you get corporations to do the bidding of the government, that's the definition of fascism. Yeah, it's going unnoticed, or you know, we get this accusation that fascism is far right.
right, but that I completely disagree. Mm -hmm. It's it's control, and control is far left. Exactly, and uh, that's what we're witnessing. You know, and and speaking of CRT. You know, nothing, there should be, no one should be compelled or forbidden to do anything because of race. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, 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 the, we, we had come so far yes. uh, from, from the time during the, during the 60s and, and Martin Luther King and his desire that we be judged by our character, not the color of our skin. We had come so far and this whole CRT craze mm -hmm. has just put us, I think it's put us back prior oh, to, yes. to, to uh, even the time when, when he was fighting oh, for, I think for so equal too. rights. I think so too. You know, we go on in the story, and it says that he, the king, forbade them to offer their daily sacrifices, which they used to offer according to their law. Okay, so that's talking about Torah. Okay, mm -hmm. they had these sacrifices. So they were forbidding them to worship their God in the manner that they see fit. All right. What happened with, uh, well, okay, let's even go back to Jews in Germany, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, closing down the synagogues. That's right. Okay, catching the people that uh, lit the candles um, on Shabbat, uh, those, types of th those types of things. And then you fast forward to 2020, and you see literally the government shutting down churches and church services. How is that any different? I, I don't see a difference. You know, we we we're, uh, we just had another anniversary. I think it's 83 years of Kristallnacht. Yes. Uh, you know, Germans were were so conditioned to to believe that the the Jewish people were the others that they would go through and and completely destroy their businesses, right. burn down synagogues, burn their books, you know, their 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 scrolls. I mean, this this is uh this is what this type of activity or this type of attitude exactly. leads to. Exactly. You know, and and at the same time, and I'm sure the equivalent of this was happening both in the days of Antiochus and in Germany, you know, you close the churches, the synagogues down, the abortion clinics stay open. Yeah. Okay. The liquor yeah. stores stay open. Yeah. The marijuana joint places stay open. All of that stays open. Okay. So um, their worship to their gods continues. <laughs> yes, okay. Exactly. While they're shutting down the true worship to yeah. the God of Israel. Josephus says he made them build temples and idols and altars in every city and village and offer swine upon them every day. You know, I've seen monuments now, kind of critical race theory monuments to different people. Um, there's a, like George. George Floyd and so so forth that they've created into martyrs and saints and built monuments to them and there's people throw and put stuff around it and everything kind of like this kind of al mm -hmm. altar kind of kind of thing. Um, but it, it's also no different than, you know, even forcing people to, you know, we were talking about attend diversity, equity, and inclusion classes, making these, you know, they made them offer swine. Okay. We know mm -hmm. that's a big no-no. Okay. Right. Uh, according to Torah, you don't offer a pig. Okay. On the altar. Um, and so they were forcing them to go against what they believed in. Mm -hmm. Okay. How is forcing someone to attend classes that tell you you're racist or tell you, you know, that you're the bad guy and can never do anything right? How does that force? How is that any different? It's it's I don't see the difference. Right. It's it's a. Um, you know, it's an insult. It's an insult to everyone, every decent person everywhere. 
you know, to, for someone to come because of the color of your skin, tell you you are a racist. It's by that, it's the very definition of racism. Exactly, exactly. And so, so this compelling of, the, of, of participation in this, um, I call it anti-God activities. Mm-hmm. Those are anti-God activities. God is not a racist. He does not want to, he does not judge us based on the color of our skin. Absolutely not. Okay, but on the content of our character. So efforts that go against that are anti-God, and yes. that's all there is to it. And compelling people to participate in anti-God efforts, no. Amen. That's it, it. It, it, it. There is no difference. It, we, it, we're just looking at a modern form of idolatry. That's exactly. All it is. A- absolutely. He compelled them not to circumcise their sons and threatened to punish any that should be found to have transgressed this injunction. So... Here's a little bit different. Here he compelled him not to circumcise. Um, today we have a compelling to vaccinate. Right. Okay, um, and if you uh, don't do it, you are punished. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we see that we don't even have to talk about that. We know what those punishments are. So you know the Jewish people underwent this severe persecution um, to practice their faith uh, under this king. And throughout their their history, of mm-hmm. course, you know, um, even the crime of possessing a, a Torah, right. okay, um, that was considered a crime. And, you know, that ex- has existed under any area of persecution in Afghanistan. The people are now, the Christians are being found who have, um, what, Bible apps on their phone. Mm. No different. No different. No I mean, different. Any, anybody, anyone of faith that is not their, their own. I mean, you know, the, those those who are in power. Yes. If it's not their their fate, then you are the enemy. You are the enemy, and how do we know that can't happen here? It, well, it, it could sadly, happen. Sadly, you know, a number of years ago, I may not have said it would be possible here, but I am seeing all the warning signs today yes. that it could. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I I am too. You know, who who knows how far they're going to go with these with the idea of vaccine passports and social scoring and things of that nature that we're going to be excluded yes. from from all activities exactly. uh, you know, that's exactly it's, it's, this is a scary this is not the america i know no you know, it, uh, Josephus said, indeed, many Jews th- there were who complied with the king's commands, either voluntarily or out of fear of penalty that was pronounced. Well, there's the fear, the big word, fear. Mm-hmm. You know, so now we've got with this vaccine mandate, we've got uh, teachers, healthcare workers, you know, taking it against their will because they're, they, they don't want to lose their jobs. Okay, they don't want to be um, outed as, you know, or um, hated or singled out in any way um, by the left. And so this fear is very, very powerful. Okay, and that pressure and that peer pressure, very, very powerful. Yeah, well, we've gone from fear of the unknown and the death rate of the virus to fear of losing your job yes. and your livelihood. Exactly. Uh, and so, yes, we. Exactly. It's been fear, and fe- uh, decisions made in fear are not good ones. Exactly. Same thing. Um, uh, you hear about it. Uh, people confessing their privilege at workplace trainings. Mm. Okay. I'm betting a lot of people are doing that out of fear of losing their job. Yeah. You know, that's why they're doing it. Okay. And, um, that, that's no different. Once again, same, same themes Mm -hmm. that are happening over and over and over. Um, so, you know, everything looked rather bleak. 
for the, you know, we're getting back to this story. Things were tough, okay? (laughs) They looked rather bleak until one man said, enough is enough. And this man was Mattathias, and he had five sons. One of them was Judah, who came to be known in the legend as uh, Maccabeus, okay? The hammer hammer, is what, okay? The hammer, that's a good, (laughs) that's a good nickname, okay? So Mattathias, according to Josephus, lamented to his children the sad state of affairs and the ravage made in the city, the plundering of the temple and the calamities that the multitude were under, and he told them that it was better for them to die for the laws of their country than to live so ingloriously as they then did. You know, it's it's amazing how it takes one man, one man, to say it. To maybe others were thinking it, maybe others realized it, and they were mourning, and somebody stood up and said it. And led them. Exactly. That's yeah. what the one person, the power of one. Yeah. It, it's just so powerful. And the thing is, there are more than just one. We know. Right now, we're two. We're okay, two. And then by, by talking to an audience, you know, we yes. maybe we encourage others to, exactly. to say, you know what? I've, I'm, enough is enough. Exactly. Yeah. Mattathias said, though every other nation would obey the command of Antiochus, either out of fear or to please him, yet he nor his sons would not leave the religious worship of their country. They did not follow the crowd off the cliff. That's right. It's just that simple. We all get to that point where we're like, we're not going to go any further. You guys go over the cliff if you have to. We're not going. Exactly. You, and, know? you know, again, we've we've studied this out. We're following the science and it says no. We're not doing it. Exactly, exactly. So Josephus tells us that Mattathias, he makes a point of saying he was a man of great character. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's why people were then willing to follow him. Of course, in the story, it says that the leadership knew he was a man of great character, and they selected him, particularly in his city, to offer a swine, a pig, on the altar because they knew people would look to him and see what he did and then follow because of his character. But it was because of that character that he refused to do so. Exactly. He refused to do so. And Mattathias said, if anyone be zealous for the laws of his country and for the worship of God, let him follow me. Okay? So he was the one and, but he invited others to participate. I think in the same way, we're inviting others to yes, participate in yes, this. Yes, encourage right? others. And we say, don't be afraid to be, don't be afraid of your faith, to, to speak your faith. Uh, don't be afraid if, uh, if your politics are conservative, uh, conserving Judeo-Christian principles, don't be afraid of that. Right, don't, 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 don't be ashamed at be all. Zealous. Be exactly. zealous. Be zealous for the Lord. Yes. Be the exact opposite. Be zealous. Um, so Mattathias and his sons ran to the desert caves, and from there they led a revolt against the powerful king. When Mattathias died, his son Judah, Maccabee, took his place, and many Jews joined Judah, and they successfully launched what amounted to like a guerrilla-style war from their location against one of the largest and most powerful armies in the world at that time. Okay, disclaimer here, we're, we're not saying to take up arms no, against exactly. the government. <laughs> exactly. I know, I we're know speaking, how government works. We're speaking <laughs> in, in spiritual terms only, dear. Yes. That's right. We're sharing the story of the Maccabees. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, we need to look at why were the Maccabees be successful. Um, the Josephus tells us one time Judah's men were hesitant to fight because their numbers were small and they were hungry from fasting. Josephus quotes, he encouraged, this is Matt, uh, uh, Judah, Judah said, he encouraged them and said that victory and conquest of enemies are not derived from the multitude of armies, but in the exercise of piety 
towards God, for innocence is the strongest army. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that great? Yeah. The strength coming from their, their devotion to God. Of, oh, if we could encourage uh, our audience and ourselves in any way, it's with that. Exactly. To, to find your strength in in your, your love and your piety toward God. Yes, and in your innocence. Yeah. Um, you know, that we're going to, in your innocence. So being obedient is very, very important. We can't become the enemy, okay? That's we right. can't lie, cheat, steal. We can't oh, exactly. do those things, yes. okay? So innocence being the strongest army. So anyway, Josephus as Judah persuaded his soldiers to be of good courage, he exhorted them to place their hopes in God and to make supplication to him, pray to him in their greatest dangers and thereby prevail with God to grant them victory over their enemies. And you know, this, this idea, Judah most certainly had the story of David and Goliath in his head. Most likely. Most likely, right? <laughs> and it reminds me of my favorite line in that story. And David, he's going forward to, and he's standing up there against the huge Goliath, okay? He's coming at him with everything. And David, little David goes, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of Yehovah of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Amen. I've always Love that. Is that That's your favorite? That I love my it. Favorite yeah, I, in know. That story. I, I didn't it. realize that was yours. No, yes. I love it. Yes. I love it. That's all he needed. We had that little rock. Okay. Uh, uh, so we have this little, we have this truth. Okay. That's our rock. All right. And we're on God's side. And then he has been defied. That's right. Okay. So we just need to stand with him on that side. David is our perfect example in that. Exactly. And surely Mattathias and his son Judah were looking back to that inspiration. Yeah, because the in same David. thing existed in that scenario. You had fear. You had... You had uh, uh, Saul, you know, and the and the armies of Israel cowering because of this giant. Exactly. And he says, "Forget this, forget David." Forget this. Says, forget you know, this. He didn't. I, I have to imagine he had some fear, but his trust was yes, bigger. Yes, it was. His trust was bigger, and so um, that that to me, I, that's probably one of my favorite yeah, me verses too. in the whole Bible. Me too, I just I love that. that. <laughs> I, I, if you need that verse, I encourage our audience, you know, I come to you in the name of Yehovah of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. That's who we're coming in the name of. Amen. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's, that's all we need. That's what, that's where our authority comes from. Exactly. In his word. And it says, David hurried and ran to the battle line. Mm. Doesn't run away from the battle. He runs to the battle. Yes. Okay, and that's that's what we're encouraging people to do. Once again, this is a spiritual battle yes. that we're recognizing, but we run to it, and not and, away and from that's it. what this this podcast is about. I mean, yes. we're we're speaking out. This is our this is the the means that we can fight. Right exactly. now is our voice. Our, we have still the a freedom of, of speech. Yes. Yes. The power. Why yes. we've still got it, Gary. While I mean, we while we've it. still yes. got it. You know, everyone knows the rest of the story. The Maccabees win. Judah's men enter Jerusalem and find the temple in ruins. They begin the process of cleaning, restoration, and Judah's men begin to make order out of chaos. Now, that's one of our jobs, too. Order <laughs> out of chaos. They removed the idols of Antiochus. They cleansed the sanctuary. They made, made new holy vessels that had been destroyed, even a special new menorah. Then they rededicated the temple for eight days as they offered sacrifices and praise. That's important. Sacrifices Amen. and praise Amen. and thanksgiving. Hanukkah means dedication. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if you didn't know that, that's this rededication of the temple exactly. that is a reference to. 
The Jewish people then decided they'd remember this event every year for eight days of gladness and thanksgiving to God. Amen. You know, Kathy, the legend traditionally uh, told us that while the oil on the menorah was being dedicated, that the oil burned for eight days. And this is often called the miracle of Hanukkah. But, you know, really, I mean, would that be such a big deal for our God? No. I, I don't think so. <laughs> don't think so. The <laughs> real miracle occurred when God became the victorious commander-in-chief of the battle because God's people put their trust in him, and they practiced righteousness, and he stepped up boldly to defend their right to worship freely. So, you know, we can learn much from the story of Hanukkah and all the overarching themes of good and evil, freedom versus tyranny, assimilation versus rededication. They're not new ones. They're playing out today in our nation and in our world. And you know, Gary, the Jewish people... They continue to exist, we know, okay? You, you work with them all the time, Amen. right? Right? Because <laughs> yes. we're bringing them home. And they'd exist despite the efforts by the enemies throughout time to wipe them out, to cancel them, and thus cancel the God that they serve and they That's represent. Right. The Maccabees decided that God wasn't going to be canceled under their watch, and we must decide the same. Amen. Though we're not calling for people, as we said earlier, to take up physical arms, we are calling our audience to a great spiritual battle that requires all of us to run to the battle lines exactly like David did. Yes. I mean, David is our example. Exactly. You know? And, you know, jo Josephus records Judah Maccabee's call to the people. And he said, this is this is one of my favorites that I've read out of, um, of Josephus. He said, oh, my fellow soldiers, no other time remains more opportune than the present for courage and contempt of dangers. For if you will fight manfully, you may recover your liberty, which, as it is the thing of itself agreeable to all men, so it proves to be able to be to us much more desirable by affording us the liberty of worshiping God. You know, oh, it's so powerful. Liberty in itself is enough. But in this case, the liberty to, to worship, worship their God. God. That is so powerful. That is and, worth and I the I would fight. follow him right into exactly, battle. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly, yes. yes. You know, those words could have been written today. Yes, they could. They, they are just as true. They ring just as true today, and they apply to us right now in our spiritual battle against efforts to cancel our God of Israel. You know, this is our battle Okay, folks, mm -hmm. this is our battle. And each generation has its battle, okay? And but it's our opportunity to manifest the spirit of Hanukkah, which is the spirit of freedom and liberty for all people. We're engaged in an ancient battle. Yet we know that when we are on God's side, we're on the winning side, just like David yes, we knew. Are. Any effort to cancel God like the themes we've talked about today are anti-God, clearly, period, clearly. the end. I hope everyone sees that. I hope today. everyone sees that. Let's make sure we recognize the truth of these current efforts to cancel God, even when these efforts are disguised as godliness by the world. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that you love the way they stand on morality, their values, and even yes. quote scripture when, it, yes. when any other time of the year they have no 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 time point, for it. no 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 no, no place for it, for it. exactly. No. You know, we must stand and we must teach and encourage others to stand and fight as the Maccabees did so long ago. 
do not fear. That's what I tell our audience. Mm. Do not fear, just Be like David, because you have Yehovah, the, the, it's the Lord of hosts, and he is in charge of this army. Yes, He's he the is. commander in chief. So I'm going to encourage our audience to let this Hanukkah be a time of rededication to God and a commitment to truth and to righteousness. I want to thank everybody for joining us and please enjoy your celebration of Hanukkah. Shalom, everyone. Shalom, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time on Torah Talk.